Hi, and welcome to the Palliators Podcast. I'm your host, Hospice and Palliative Medicine Fellow, Dr. Tara Kateen. This podcast is for healthcare professionals who want to become more comfortable and confident in caring for chronically ill and terminally ill patients. With the help of the fellows who work alongside me in Columbia, South Carolina, we hope to educate and promote palliative care one podcast at a time. We're so glad to have you here. Hello, and welcome back to the Palliators Podcast. This is Palliators Podcast number two. That makes me think this would be a good time to talk about constipation. But I want to address that in another podcast. Deciding the topic for today has been tough. I hope you'll leave a message on the website, thepalliators.com, and let us know topics you'd like to see covered. There's nothing like fellowship or residency training to keep you busy. If you are a resident or in fellowship, we'd like to hear what kind of palliative care issues are difficult for you. You know, some find delivering serious or important news to be troublesome or asking about code status. Some may have a difficult time planning the next steps for people who have a chronic or serious illness. Maybe it's pain management or other symptom management that's a problem for you. We've been there, and we may be able to help you because of our training and our experiences. One of the things that's hard for me is when I get a request to see a patient to talk about goals of care and code status when they just got the diagnosis of a terminal illness earlier that same day. Having those conversations the same day they get that awful news can be overwhelming for them. They're still processing what they've just heard, and there may be others that they want to talk things over with before they talk to me. When I get a consult like that, the first thing I try to do is talk with the referring provider to find out exactly what they tried to communicate with the patient or family. Then I meet with the patient or his surrogate to help make sure they understood what was said. Sometimes patients may block out the bad news and focus only on the positive aspects of what was told to them. So, if you're telling someone bad news or important news, you need to empathetically tell them in a very clear and unequivocal way. Patients who hear someone go back and forth with good and bad information will often only focus on the good. It's as though they never really heard the significance of the information. Sometimes it's good to make sure that they have somebody important in the room with them so they have another set of ears to hear what you have to say. But I recently heard of an example where somebody didn't really understand how significant, how significant the bad news was, and that was when somebody was about to undergo a brain death evaluation. The family knew that, that the physician thought that the patient was brain dead and therefore dead. And because that was all they understood, they didn't understand that if he wasn't brain dead, the likelihood of a good neurologic outcome still was dismal. So when the patient took a breath at nearly the end of the evaluation period during the apnea test, the family celebrated as though they expected a full recovery. It had to be re-explained to them what the neurologic outcome was really anticipated to be. You know, I've also talked with patients who were um, terminally ill, and 
Another provider had come into the room and explained to them how good their creatinine looked and how their electrolytes were normal. And they took that as being really important and good news when really it was not contributing to the overall picture and outcome. So how do I give bad news? I use the spikes protocol. I don't really think about the steps so much anymore because I've done it so many times. I kind of have my own way of doing spikes, but it's a great guide. Let's review what spikes, the acronym, stands for. Setting, perception, invitation, knowledge, emotions, and summarize or strategize. So setting. You want to make sure that you have the right setting to give the news that's important. This may mean going to a separate room instead of being in the patient's room. It may mean putting your pager and cell phone on silent. You want to make sure that you have their full attention and that they have your full attention. I hope I said that right. You want to have each other's full attention. If there's a television on in the room, be sure to turn it off. Don't just mute the sound. People have a way of being distracted by the pictures on the television, especially in an uncomfortable situation like that. The P stands for perception. So in this case, perception means asking them what they understand about the illness or the disease process. You may find that they know everything and understand it clearly. Or you may find that their understanding is very poor. But before you correct their misinformation or misunderstanding, you need to ask what they would like to know and if they'd like to hear it from you. That's called the invitation, the I in the Spikes Protocol. So if they don't want to hear what you have to say, then you don't tell them. Perhaps they have somebody else they'd like you to explain it to instead of to them. Or the patient doesn't want to hear it, they'd rather you speak to someone else. And this does happen. Most people, though, would like to hear the information you have to give. And that's what the K is for, knowledge. And this is where you provide the information, tell them in small bits so they can understand everything that you need to tell them. Then you wait, and you let them process, and you recognize their emotions, and that's what the E is for in Spikes. You recognize and empathize with their emotions, and name them if you can. You seem sad. You seem frustrated. You seem angry. I like to have tissues available in case someone starts crying. I know I would like that. And finally... The final S is to strategize and summarize. So you summarize what you've discussed and you set up a plan for the next steps. There may be quiet times during these these meetings where you're delivering the important news. It's important that we don't try to fill that empty space. If you let it go as uncomfortably long as you possibly can, you may find that the patient or loved ones will take over and give you good information in return. Remember that you should always use language that they understand. We have been educated and educated and educated so that we have a vocabulary that is beyond what anybody else can understand. 
And some things may seem very simple to us, but not to them. So make sure that they understand exactly what you're saying. When you're helping them with their emotions, try to name what you think they're feeling. You seem frustrated. You seem angry. You seem sad. Sometimes that might not be right. You may not be able to tell exactly how they're feeling. So you may say, this is probably difficult for you, or I can't imagine what you're going through. No matter what they respond, don't take things personally and don't get defensive. If you find yourself in a position of being defensive or in a blame game towards other providers, you're not helping them and you're not helping yourself in this process. That usually means that they're still processing their emotions and you can help them in that way. I also recommend avoid saying a plain old vacuous, I'm sorry. If you're going to say you're sorry, be specific in what you're sorry for. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry you have to go through this. Don't give excuses. Don't say, if only this or that. Don't fall into the what-if trap. Because some things just are. They just happen. As hard as that is for some people to accept. Do not provide false hope. This is especially difficult when you have a close relationship with someone or are taking care of someone whom you think of as young. You give hope for specific needs or specific wants. and You give them good symptom management so they can accomplish some things. Like you want them to feel good enough to go to their grandson's graduation. So you prescribe medications to help them with their pain or constipation so that they can go and enjoy themselves and they won't need to worry that they won't have what they need. You let them know that you're there for them and you will face this illness together. Patients are often afraid that their providers will abandon them when they have a terminal illness. Help allay those fears. Once people have a good understanding of their health care situation in serious times or with bad news, it helps them move on to the next phase in their lives so they can plan for what they need to do and accomplish things they've always wanted to do before time is gone. They can concentrate on the things that matter to them most, and you can help them do that. Delivering serious news is a skill that all healthcare providers can develop. It's important for our patients and those who love them. I encourage you not to shy away from this task, even if it makes you a bit uncomfortable. I hope that today's podcast has been helpful for you. If you have comments, please go to thepalliators.com and leave them there. Before saying goodbye, I'd like to end with a quote from Jay Cole. It goes like this. The bad news is nothing lasts forever. The good news is nothing lasts forever. And that's our podcast for today. Thank you for joining us. If you like this podcast or learned anything today, please leave a rating and review for us in iTunes. Also, please visit us at thepalliators.com. Hope to have you here next time. Bye-bye.